I'm actually going to go outside here. Oh, my God. Look at this. Look how bright it is. It's a nightmare. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're listening to Sapnin Podcast. Sapnin! Sapnin! You are listening to episode 205 of Sapnin Podcast featuring myself, Sean Smith, and my good friend, Morgan Richards. Yes, it's me, Morgan Richards, and we're going berserker mode with a bloody bit of horror. Perfect to Halloween week on this toilet earth. I didn't really understand much of that, but this week's guest is <laughs> Blothar the Berserker from the Mighty Guo. Well, what can we say about Guo? One of the best theatrical live bands of all time. Some people think they're costumes, but as me and Morgan know, <laughs> they are actually aliens from space. So for us to get this exclusive interview with Blothar, who I believe was on his spaceship at the time, Slash two of us. If you get a chance to see Gore, go and see Gore, but also don't wear your best clothes because you're going to get covered in blood. <laughs> yeah, we really went for the hardest guest to try a dress up for as Halloween. Let's just say that. But since being banished to Earth as punishment for millions of years, Gore have invaded heavy metal and left a lasting legacy on the human race since the late 80s. Their shock rock factor appearance, love for graphic violence, and famously squirting their audience with blood, urine, and semen has made them mm. a beloved staple in the metal community. <laughs> and with treats like that, of course, that's why they've appeared in so much of alternative pop culture, and they are literally Beavis and Butthead's favorite band. Whether you find them utterly disturbing or the best thing this side of the universe, the story behind Gwar is like no other. And that's been giving a new spotlight now with the release of the Shudder exclusive documentary This Is Gwar, showcasing the emotional journey behind the scenes, a look at the DIY ethos and effect on society with celebrities like Weird Al Yankovic, Alex Winters of Bill and Ted, and Bam Mangera of Jackass of Fame. It's being accompanied by the latest album, The New Dark Ages, and after being invited to speak with the leader of the Galactic Warriors, Blothar the Berserker, 
We have to get our own insight into everything. And I know you've always had your mind blown by everything war, what they do on stage, and just things behind the scenes, Sean. Oh, I love it. I absolutely fucking love it. Sadly, though, I've never, ever seen Gore live oh. in the flesh. I once, um, I was on tour uh, with Lost Profits in 2004. They took me to America for my first ever time in America. Yeah, we had a day off, and I believe Gore was playing somewhere in Texas, and it got cancelled. I think it got cancelled because it was the day after Dimebag Darrell from Pantera got shot. That's a mad fucking story. But yes, um... <laughs> What other band could you go and see that squirts blood, piss, and semen over people? Um, don't answer that. We don't want to know. <laughs> or unless you do want to answer that, get in touch with us <laughs> at Sappening Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and fucking nobody knows why, but we also made a TikTok that's fallen off better than anybody else's TikTok ever. But they are a unique band, to say the least. Um, and we're going to be speaking to Blothar and this human vessel, Michael Bischoff, takes over. Uh, a lot during the conversation to give us a real understanding in English terms. I mean, we might sound like aliens with these accents, but yes, we're not. I just we're realized, just... I've realized that me and you are basically the Welsh Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> when you said Beavis and Butthead earlier, I went, oh, that's us, isn't it? <laughs> Shit. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, fucking hell. We should do merch of us and Beavis and Butthead, I reckon, because that would... Oh, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> oh, if you can draw, if you can draw Beavis and Butthead well, get in touch with us, <laughs> sappeningpodcast at gmail.com, and uh, yeah, let us know, because we should definitely do a Beavis and Butthead one, because that'd be fucking genius, but... um, That sums up us very well, but in this episode, you're going to learn everything about how Gwar have kept evolving their characters over the last 30 plus years, the origin story and how they got to Earth, why pro wrestling is such an influence for them, DIY aspects of building their own costumes and stage props. In the 80s, they were banned by UK Parliament and labelled Satanists by the mainstream <laughs> media. Stories of taking acid, weed, gore dildos, and so much more. So if any of that interests you, make sure to listen to the whole episode. And if you like what we do, please go and support us via our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sapnin. It's the best way to support us continue making these podcasts each and every week. And there's a load of extras behind the scenes for you to check out as well. And before we go into this conversation, one of our patrons, Kyle David Smith, sometimes writes alternative themes for us. And because it's Halloween, he's done a Halloween theme, which you're going to hear now. So let's trick or treat with Michael Bishop, a.k.a. Blothard the Berserker of Gore, on episode 205 of Sapnin Podcast. Nice one, Kyle. Happy Halloween, everyone. Sapnin! 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 Nice! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, gender progressives, this week's guest is singer. Former bassist, a member of Beavis and Butthead's favorite band, and a galactic warrior, 
Blothar the Berserker. How are you? I'm doing all right, man. I'm doing all right. Busy, busy out here in Reading, Pennsylvania, riding down the road. It's very hot. I was going to say, yeah, it looks like you're currently on a tour bus from what I can see from behind you or whatever. Oh, yeah, I am. Lots of sold out shows and, um, you know, the band's doing well. The, the new Dark Ages, the new album's doing, doing well. Just came out. We've got all kinds. I mean, our new beer came out, but all kinds of. <laughs> it's the season of Guar, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I've seen you've got beer. Um, yeah, I saw all the new album stuff. I saw you do. Um, you've got your own strain of weed as well, I believe. Well, well, we're working towards having a new, uh, our own strain. We have, we have a couple of different brands of weed that's uh, uh, Delta Eight, actually. So it's, uh, uh, but we, we have a new one called the New Dank Ages. Uh, <laughs> and then before that, yeah, and then before that, we had the Bud of Gods. So, yeah, it does seem uh, it is the season of war. There's a lot of attention with you guys at the moment, and I've seen that. A lot of people are raving celebrating the fact now that you've been doing this for over 30 years, and there's a lot of special releases with that we'll get to, but when you just think about the band's legacy and how far it's come, like, is it crazy for you to look back and see that Guar has become this real massive impact in rock music over the last three decades? <laughs> I, I think we always knew we were going to have some kind of impact. I don't think we knew that it would uh, last that long, that we would be stupid enough to still be doing it 30 years down the line. But apparently we are. Uh, and, you know, I mean, we, we, the band has had a lot of, uh, a lot of things happen, a lot of uh, good things and bad things and just life things. So the fact that we've managed to, it, it's a, it, it's a very resilient group. Um, you know, even on the, on this tour we had, we did, we, I had COVID for, uh, and was out for two weeks basically. And, and they just kept going, you know, that the show show went on, uh, our guitar player sang and worked out fine. Yeah. I, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if, um, galactic warriors could get COVID or the virus or whatever. So that's, well, that's terrifying. I, I, you know, yeah, our human thralls can, and that's uh, <laughs> so the, the human thrall of Berserker of the Berserker Blothar, Michael Bishop, got COVID. But really, when you look back to being banished from your homeland to Earth, I'm sure it's been interesting how you have got the Earthlings on side of you and, and, and everything in that time. Yeah, I mean, we were banished to the planet. We entombed in Antarctic and ice. And then uh, the manager of Guar, Sleazy P. Martini, discovered us down there. He looked at us and he said, wow, this is, these guys are so stupid. I think that I could probably make a lot of money by turning them into a rock band. And so, you know, I mean, we, we learned how to speak English from watching professional wrestling and <laughs> MTV. And, and it worked. I think if Stinky Pete hadn't found you, I suppose over time climate change... Yeah, would have would have made you appear from from the ice anyway. So yeah, it's, uh, well, that's exactly yeah that that was that's exactly part of the part of the legend. Yeah, is that he was only able to find us because all the way and this was all the way back in the eighties. You know, the uh, the ozone layer was depleted above the uh, Antarctic and ice, and thanks to all of the uh, glam rockers using hairspray, 
Uh, it is Motley Crue's fault. I do blame Motley Crue for climate change. <laughs> but I'm sure on a lot of levels, it's been insane to think how much the Earthlings have like accepted you as one of their own now. They really have. And, uh, well, I don't know about one of their own, but they, <laughs> I mean, humans, humans have a self-destructive streak. There's no question about it. And uh, they, they like things that will kill them. I've noticed that. So, Gwar definitely will kill them. <laughs> you mentioned uh, learning English through professional wrestling there. Myself and Sean are huge wrestling fans. So, who in particular inspired you and really helped you learn the language? Well, back in the day, the Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling was what we watched around here. And it was, uh, you know, the, the good stuff, man. Uh, Black Jack Mulligan and... Dusty Rhodes and and Ric Flair and Ivan Koloff and all of the old uh, sort of pantheon of big fat. That was back when wrestlers were big fat dudes, you know. And it feels to me like wrestlers should still be fat dudes, but it, it makes me uncomfortable seeing all these fruit flies dancing around the ring out there. I like big, morbidly obese, heavily <laughs> drugged up. guys with wispy blonde hair and skin like hot dogs have have Guar ever been invited to get involved with wrestling in in some capacity I'm sure of course I mean you know there was a wrestling uh, one of the sort of cultural impacts of Guar I think was uh, influencing in combination with the actual film, The Road Warriors, uh, you know, the, the group of wrestlers, The Road Warriors, I mean, those guys, liked, they were into war. And we certainly have at various times been approached by wrestlers who wanted to sort of use some, some of the ideas and some of the shtick. Uh, and Techno Destructo, who was the original sort of arch villain of war, um, he is uh, a professional wrestler even now. So, uh, you know, he, he's working, working in wrestling and uh, is, very, is very into it. But we also had a connection with the, the, the Japanese live animation kind of, I, I'm calling it live animation because I really don't know what else to call it, but it's the, the, the sort of live action shows that were, a lot of wrestling and karate and kung fu moves, but uh, it was like people in crazy costumes, you know, like a, a big giant hand that comes out and inexplicably fights a, you know, a big giant crab, like that kind of stuff, you know. But obviously, like that cultural impact on us humans as being next level with Gua, really. I mean, you've only got to look a certain kind of films and comic books, beer, all sorts, that you've really made an impact. What, what, what do you think about Gwar specifically has kind of affected everyone and, and wanted us to just throw our money at you? Well, I think that Gwar is a, uh, a complete entertainment experience that people haven't really seen before on stage. You know, I mean, it's a band that has a narrative. Uh, we create a world uh, when we perform mythology behind the band, it's got uh, 
it's got a lot of a lot of parts and a lot of uh there's just a lot to it and i think that people appreciate follow the narrative and to understand that 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 it's character i also think that Guar really valorizes the low, right? So we, we love, we, we love, we know what people think of professional wrestling. We know how people are dismissive of comic books and dismissive of, uh, of horror movies and all that stuff. And Guar really, uh, we lift that stuff up to where we think it should be, which is canon in the, uh, in the achievements of humanity, right? Like, I mean, uh, it's important stuff that helps people sort of make sense of the world. And, uh, war really is, is part of that. Mm. There's so many unexpected places. War has turned up over the years from Beavis and Butthead to just Al Yankovic saying how much of a fan he is. Is there anything in particular that has surprised you to see where Guar has ended up or crossed over or anything like that? Uh, well, I was kind of surprised that weird Al liked war, but, uh, but we were excited about it, um, you know, and, and, and uh, it, it continually amazes us who knows about the band and who, uh, uh, who, who, who's into what we're doing. Um, but yeah, I mean, for sure, Al Yankovic, I'm trying to think of somebody who was a surprise. I mean, John Cusack turned out to be a bar fan. <laughs> All kinds of cool stuff. Obviously, I've seen footage of Gore over the years doing some insane things. I'm just wondering if there's any been any ideas that have been too much or there's any ideas that you haven't had yet because you haven't got trillions of dollars to use? There's definitely things that we would like to do that we haven't been able to, to afford to do. And that's why it's so exciting. I mean, like the record is actually doing pretty good. And the idea that Gore would make some money finally so that uh, because it, it is a, a band that like, we've always spent most of our uh, most of our money on the, on the show, you know. And uh, so, if, if Guar had the budget that uh, that a Kiss, you know, or somebody has, uh, hmm. man, I mean, that, those would be absolutely insane shows, you know. And we, we used to fantasize about it, it's like we'd have to actually get fire trucks with gigantic fire hoses to spray view all over the ground you know it's exciting to think about that stuff that's one thing people don't understand that even though you are galactic warriors you still have to find a way to pay earth money and behind the scenes you do a lot of things yourselves in that downtime trying to get everything ready for the show yes we do and and people don't really realize that they've, they've <laughs> They think that it just falls out of the sky. <laughs> but no. I think people don't know that uh, that Guar is uh, responsible for making that. Uh, I mean, yeah, it, it's not the same as Slipknot or, uh, or, or Kiss or something where, you know, we're hiring people to make the costumes. Uh, you know, the, from the beginning, Guar has one of the ways that the band is very unique is that it is a uh, a cooperative of musicians and artists, and it, it always has been that uh, from the very beginning. And essentially, what it is is uh, it's all DIY. I mean, it's probably the most DIY thing that uh, that you can that you can imagine. I mean, 
they, the people who make the props and costumes and who perform live all members of the band. And, uh, you know, in, in, in that way, uh, there really isn't very much like war, uh, not only in what we put on stage, but in the way that it comes together. The fact that it's uh, this sort of cooperative of artists and musicians and sculptors and painters and costume designers and things like that. But the film, This Is War, which is a, a new documentary that we have that's coming out, it really does a good job of, of explaining that and, and sort of how it, how it started and, and uh, the trouble that we've had sort of keeping it together and, and all that stuff. So it's, it's, that's an interesting thing for people to watch out for. As you mentioned, the, the trailer for the documentary is just being released, but from the film itself, I'm sure there's a lot of different elements behind the scenes from the band that you're quite excited to people to actually see now for the first time and understand a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's always been sort of the more interesting story to me uh, is, is what, you know, and, there's, and then there's a way that are, I think people might, I'm most excited for people to understand that, that one of the ways, uh, sort of our secret ingredient has always been that we just kind of dramatize all of the tensions that exist in the band <laughs> on stage, right? You know, like, like a, if you if, if I mean, Techno Destructo, who's the, one of the characters, he would always tell, uh, he, he would always say, you know, war must die. And uh, when you, you watch the film, you realize, oh, the guy actually thought that, right? Like, that's, was <laughs> <laughs> legitimately trying to kill us. So, uh, wow. yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting. <laughs> How long of a period is uh, This Is Go filmed over? Is it footage from the start as well over time uh you know not really because what we did was we we condensed it down to uh pretty much you know it picks up after the death of uh the singer uh odorous Urungus. um but but it does tell the story of the band you know and 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 and, and we interview a lot of people who were in the band from the very beginning it really, it does go all the way back. It's just that the focus is definitely on that time period, like, you know, uh, Dave Brocky's death. And then from there, from there forward. As you said, there is, there is a lot of kind of guest appearances uh, in this film, a lot of big pop culture celebrities as well. I'm, I'm sure like that was a interesting period during like of setting everything up to see how many people wanted to talk and wanted to get involved and share their stories and takes and memories of the band yeah i mean it, it was basically we had to tell people you know this this is your chance tell your story <laughs> most of you know i mean obviously most of the band we get on even after all these years we were still still friends um but not everybody you know so it's uh, it was nice to <laughs> interesting to bring those folks back too and hear what they had to say but it's uh I think that people are going to get a lot out of this film. It's, it's surprisingly emotional uh, and, and almost difficult to watch for us. I think uh, fans really seem to like it a lot. They, they like seeing that inside bit. And going back to those early days, I mean, obviously war has had so much different types of media attention with a lot of people first calling you kind of that shock rock factor and, 
really picking up on certain elements of the live show and everything. I, I mean, for you, how has that whole thing been just to see how some people understand what's going on and some people could be really offended, go through the whole Satanist route? I'm sure it's just kind of being uh, a lot of twists and turns with that that's made you slightly chuckle in the background. Yeah, I mean, definitely. The, the fact that the first time we came to, uh, to Great Britain, there was a, a Tory member of parliament who decided he was going to sort of hang his hat on, you know, we're not going to put up with something like war coming over here. So like, uh, uh, you know, this is an American thing and it's a disgrace. It's a, so he, he really sort of went after what he did was he, he threatened to pull the licenses of the clubs where we were playing. Um, and so the majority of our, and this was back in the, in the 87, maybe 88. And wow. the majority of, uh, yeah, the majority of our shows were canceled in England. I mean, so we were, we were all pretty young. I mean, all, all we wanted to do was play video games and drink beer anyway. So we didn't give a damn. We just wandered the countryside in the places where we would be playing, but weren't now. (laughs) 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 It was pretty fun. I mean, you know, uh, but it was interesting to us that the, the press, they acted as if, okay, this is a band that really pulls people's arms off and beats them over the head. (laughs) You know, it's like, it it was fascinating to us how, how, how they could believe that, but, but they did. Um, even if it was sort of tongue in cheek, uh, it was very interesting. And, you know, and we've had some problems with, uh, with censorship, uh, and, and authorities closing down shows and things like that. Um, um, our singer was arrested in Charlotte, North Carolina back in the eighties. Um, that was pretty traumatic. Um, the cops came on stage and made us stop and, Wow. You know, he had this, yeah, he had this big fake uh, wiener that we called the <laughs> cuttlefish of Cthulhu. <laughs> and that was actually his defense in court was, it's not a dick, it's a fish. Uh, <laughs> what a quote. What a quote. They didn't, yeah, they didn't believe it. They didn't buy it at all. It's not a dick. It's a fish. Oh, I wonder. Yeah, I wonder if any other streakers or flashers have ever used that defense before. <laughs> that doesn't count as a wiener. Look at the size of it, man. It's not real. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, and I'm sure on stage you guys have used everything from kind of have thrown loads of things into the crowd, from blood to urine to bloodly samples. We don't even know where of this. Of this right, of this, right. of this earth. Um, but like a lot of different reactions is something I'm sure you've seen over the years. Yeah, you know, it's weird. One of the funnest things about war is always doing it for the first time for people, people who haven't seen the band before. And the reactions are pretty across the board. What we've noticed is that in some situations, it's like, somebody checked a box that said, you can do whatever the hell you want. Like, you know, anything is permissible. And that's how people react. Like, you know, we'll go up on stage and people are like, God, they're doing all this crazy stuff. We can do crazy stuff too. And sometimes it'll literally turn into like what looks like, you know, a saloon brawl in a Western, you know, people are pouring liquor into each other's mouths and 
uh, fighting. You know, it was interesting, too. The first time we went to Germany and we played at a squat, the reaction of the Germans after they, they'd never seen us before, like they wouldn't come forward. They were all the way in the back of the club because they didn't want to get sprayed. You know, they were back they were back there smoking. We could see them like, you know, just a wall of smoking weirdos. And then they, <laughs> they came, you know, they gradually come forward. And then after we get off stage, they asked us one question, you know, and, and this was, I mean, the Berlin wall was still up. So like, you know, there wasn't a lot of super great English speaking people, but they, they were, uh, why, why do you do this? That's what they wanted to know. <laughs> why? I love, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, all my life I have I have loved German press. They do the same thing all of, they are, they have like the harshest, most stern questions that make you question whether you've yeah, ever yeah. needed to be in a band at all. It's it's insane. Oh yeah, yeah. How is what you're doing valid? Those yeah. Kinds of <laughs> yeah. I had one I, once I which was that. um your new album. So you like it? Yes. <laughs> what really? What really? <laughs> what do you mean what really? Yes, I do. <laughs> We actually came up with, yeah, you know, we came up with a with characters based on it. You know, it's like uh, uh, the show, <laughs> show is magnifique, the music I know like. Yeah, that's exactly how they are. It's crazy. How, how could they be so forward? It's, it's nuts. I don't know. It, re- <laughs> it really is. They should just tell each other polite lies like we do. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. But you've you've been able to play so many different areas of rock music over the years. Obviously, Guar is a big staple in a lot of metal festivals across the states and Europe. But you've been able to do things like Warp Tour, a Riot Fest in Chicago, with things a little bit more alternative. How has those things been for you and the, and the band when you're a slightly different audience 
and you are surprising them at that extra element. Well, that's that's interesting too. I mean, because it is Guar kind of out of context, mm. uh, and um, that just kind of adds to it. I've noticed. I mean, if people people aren't expecting it, then it, it it's a shocker, and and it's it's cool for us because we get to hang around with. Uh, you know, I mean, with the festivals have been. It's just such a great thing that that caught on. You know, because all of a sudden, you, first of all, no bands break up anymore. Everybody's together forever. Uh, <laughs> and you find yourself like, you know, Gore is on the bill with Merle Haggard, right? Like, you know, I mean, these things that just, just like, what the hell is that? You know, Gore and the Pixies, right? Um, <laughs> but it works. I mean, you know, people people like it. I actually think that Gore would go well with... Uh, one of these, see, this is, you guys don't really have jam bands in England, do you? Like, they, that never no. caught on over there, like the Grateful Dead type thing. But, uh, yeah, I, I even think that Guar would go over pretty well with those audiences because, well, for one thing, because they're so high and <laughs> <laughs> they, they yeah. don't really know what's going on, you know? Uh, yeah, but... It I don't know if I could. I don't know if I could handle being high and and go turn up, and I'm not and I'm not and I'm not expecting it. I'd just be like, yeah. "What the? F yeah, wow!" We used to be high a lot when we played. We used to uh, <laughs> uh, we used to take acid all the time and play. Um, oh wow! And I was watching. I was I was watching YouTube the other day, and and uh, and I saw a film of us in uh, Tijuana and the whole band was standing on one side of the drum riser. And I was like, what the hell is going on here? And then I remembered, Oh, that's right. We were, we had taken acid and, and we were <laughs> afraid of the security guard who was on the other side of the stage. Oh, wow. So we'd all stacked up on the on the opposite side. Cause we were pretty sure that guy was going to kill us. And he's like, so, that's what, yeah, but you're dressed, yeah, but yeah, and then you're dressed as gore, <laughs> and then you're scared of this human security guard. That's fuck. That's so good. That's well, so brilliant. Well, he was enormous. You know, he was he was like I mean, and he and he was st just absolutely stone faced, and we kept covering him. We used to have this thing that we do where we would uh, put a a balloon inside of the singer's head and then fill it up with water. And it was surrounded with noodles, you know, and then the balloon would explode and the noodles would spray all over the place. Uh, and that happened. Right. So the guy was covered in like green and yellow noodles and he was getting more and more angry. And and because we were on acid, we just became convinced that he was going to try to kill us. So, <laughs> <laughs> Was there any other acid moments where you might have seen something on stage or something happened? Yeah. Something else happened? Definitely. Definitely. I mean, I remember one time I was, <laughs> I don't know if you know who the cartoonist Basil Wolverton is, but uh, he, he did these all kinds of really crazy drawings. And one time we were on stage and I look out in the crowd and there's this guy and he's standing there and he, he had this big goofy face. And all of a sudden his face just sort of like his neck and everything just started start sort of stretching like a giraffe. So it's his face is all the way up, like, you know, like a giraffe's head. And we were just laughing. I mean, all, all you could do is laugh, you know? I mean, 
Yeah, we took a lot of drugs back in the day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know how you'd perform. Like for me, yeah, I wouldn't be able to perform. Well, that's the great thing about Guar. I mean, when when we, you know, Guar now is a a pretty competent uh, heavy metal band, right? And we go out there and deliver some kick-ass on-the-nose rock and roll. But like in the in the day, (laughs) the expectation was a lot lower. I mean, the very first, you know, sometimes we just go out there and hold the instruments and make noise and talk about how cool we were, you know, like, <laughs> and that was it. Like, we didn't even actually play any songs at all. Uh, oh, wow. And, you know, so the things have really changed. Yeah, I'm sure they have. But like, who would you say is the weirdest tour package or like band you have performed with because you mentioned some names there but like i'm sure you've had invites or kind of offers in the past to play with someone a little bit different yeah i mean you know war has had a long uh, a career that that has really crossed a lot of boundaries and we started on that sort of uh the american hardcore punk circuit i mean one of the earliest shows we, we played danzig's first live show uh, was what? with uh, with Warren dancing, um, yeah, and and we did two of them. We did played in Trenton, New Jersey, and then the next night in uh, uh, at the, at the Ritz in in New York City. Uh, so that was really cool, and you know, but those are kind of typical, like you know, things you might expect uh, to see. As far as like a weird lineup, you know, we played Warp Tour, so we had a lot of us playing with like the Alarm, you know, and. <laughs> Uh, weird bands like that but uh, as far as an actual touring package i'm just sitting here trying to think i I don't think we've ever been stuck on a tour that uh that it didn't work you know unfortunately i wish i had some story uh, (laughs) about that but you know most of the time uh, when it comes to booking the band now in the early days i mean we played really small places you know like uh taco land in san antonio texas we play a lot of like sandwich shops and we'd still do all of the shit you know we'd still wow. go out there and cut the heads off and spray <laughs> people with blood and you know so that was always interesting um, you know you, you don't want to be like you go for lunch and there's guar uh, <laughs> i'd fucking love it i'd oh, imagine that today there'd be so uh, many people today if you did that if you did a sandwich shop tour but lose their mind. Yeah, a Guar brunch tour. Oh, that would be really great. I think you're on to something there. Bloody Marys. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yes. Oh. Uh, well, one thing we do like to ask every now and again, especially to certain bands, is kind of what do you normally ask for on your rider that you try to get away with? Because some people like to make a little request sometimes just to see if the promoters and runners and everything are actually checking things out. Is there anything war normally have on there that is a little bit over the top? Oh, yeah, the old, you know, the old green M&M trick. I've, 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 I know that one. Um, I mean, we used to have malt liquor on the rider, which was a really big mistake. <laughs> um, you don't want to do that. And I don't think, you know, you people drink good beer, so you don't know anything about malt liquor. But trust me, it's it's not good. It's, <laughs> it's basically <laughs> rubbing alcohol. Uh, oh, and 
you know, so uh, I'm trying to, it, it, people are surprised at what we need. I mean, one thing we need is like, you know, 500 towels, right? Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> all kinds of things that most bands don't need. Uh, we're going to need access to uh, a running water source where we can fill up 100 gallons of liquid to put food dye in it and then spray all over the crowd. Um, you know, we're going to need a, an air generator, an air compressor. You know, these are all things that you don't normally have at a festival, uh, a festival crowd. And that all comes from, you know, we owe that uh, to the Brits, right? Like we, we bought, uh, I, I'll never forget. I mean, we had in the early days of war, we weren't just born spraying stuff all over the audience. We, we bought a book. Uh, it was a Monty Python book. And they, sh- and they showed a scene. It was a, a, like a production photograph of the Holy Grail. And the scene where they cut the arms and legs off of the night, um, <laughs> yeah. you could see that they had a fire extinguisher hooked up to create that effect, you know. And that's actually where, where we got it from was, uh, uh, you know, so that, that's how we first started spraying things on the audience. But, yeah, I mean, we don't have any big surprise, like super weird things on our, uh, on our rider. I mean, Pop-Tarts. <laughs> 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 I'm sure people wonder sometimes, why do they need so many Q-tips? There's so many Q-tips and, and bandages and things like that. It's because we beat the shit out of each other all the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that is really interesting that you, you do ask for that many towels and the source to water and everything, because I'm sure there's so many people who are a fan who just wouldn't be aware that you need that kind of stuff and you do kind of ask for that kind of stuff to make the show happen. Yeah. And, you know, it's weird because like, I mean, obviously just like there's different power, you know, we're used to a certain kind of, uh, of, of generator, you know, like an air generator, air compressor, um, that they just don't have in Europe, you know, they don't Mm. have in South America, like they don't use the same kind of technology. Um, so, uh, that's always a challenge, like finding some way to, uh, or, or learning to use the different kinds of compressors that that, that your savages use over there. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Stuck in the old days. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. It, 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 see, see, you're, you're young fellas, so you don't remember this. I've noticed that, that British people have forgotten this altogether, but you, you people used to have mentholated toilet paper. Can you imagine mentholated toilet paper? Yeah, it was like wax paper. So all it did was make your butthole burn and spread the shit all over your butt. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was about to say, yeah, you just have a a minty asshole. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. Oh, wow. Next to the the Dutch avant-garde bog, it's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. The squatter. Yeah. um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I just imagine, yeah, it would make your, it would make your bum all minty. And if anybody blew yeah. on your bum all then, if anybody blew on your bum all, it would feel weird. You'd be like, oh, yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah, it's very tasty, toilet right? paper. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder if it still exists. Where can we find that? We're having a Google after this, I'll tell you that. Why yeah. would, right, where, why would they even invent, like, is somebody saying, oh, I tell you what, I, I like, I don't mind wiping my ass, but I wish my ass was slightly mintier after it. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, I, it was weird. It was like it was supposed to be medicated or something, you know? It's just, uh, 
but it, they used to have it like anyway, all over England, all over England. And if you and if you talk to somebody who's old enough, they remember it. You know, they'll they'll talk about it. Um, I also noticed another thing about British people. Let's just talk about British people. Yeah, go know. for it. Go for it. Shit on a shit on a scope. I remember the first one of the first time the tours that we were over there, and we had no actually the first one. We had no money. Uh, we and you know because the British member of Parliament had canceled all of our shows. So I remember hanging out in this pub, and there were all these really old dudes there who were like. Uh, they had fought in world war two. Some of them, uh, I mean, they were really, really old and they were like, Oh, you guys are from the U S. And so they start singing Yankee doodle dandy. And like, you know, I didn't, none of us knew that Yankee doodle dandy even had more than one verse. Right. Those guys, <laughs> I didn't. They, yeah. They knew all four verses, man. They knew them all, you know, and, and we were just like, God, we are bad Americans. We don't know any of this shit. It's been fun. It's been fun. Right. It, it seems you've seen so many different things over the years, touring on the road and everything. But as you talked about earlier, this new album, the new Dark Ages, has had a lot of great feedback, a lot of positive support lately. After doing this for so long, it is so nice when you put all that effort into a new album, a graphic novel and everything that comes with it to see people sharing that love for things tenfold. It is. It, it, it is uh, exciting. And we also know we've done a good job because, uh, you know, it, <laughs> some people love it. Some people don't like it at all. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but definitely, I mean, you know, we, we like to tell people we're going to try to do something with this record that war has never done before. We've done polka music. We've done, uh, you know, uh, rock, we've done metal, we've done country, we've done, uh, you name it, uh, freeform jazz. But one thing we have never done is make money. <laughs> <laughs> well, fingers crossed, fingers crossed. This is the yeah, one. Yeah. Please, please. <laughs> this is the one. This is the one. But you've got like a few guest appearances and even Lizzie Hale of Hailstorm is on, the, on one of the tracks as well. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, she's so, she's just so talented. Uh, she's such a, a powerful singer. I, I knew, I knew that from listening uh, to Hailstorm, but it was a surprise, you know, when we listened to the tracks, it's like, wow, she's, she's just got, got a great voice. And, um, and she's such a nice person. I did a photo shoot with her too. Uh, which was fun. She started tickling me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Weird. <laughs> well, with all that, obviously, there's that, you know, as you mentioned, it is the kind of summer of war. There's so many things going on in the documentary for people to look forward to now and discover a lot of different things from the band. But what else can we expect from war going forward? What else would you like to? mention if there's anything like the plug please go go ahead well uh we have we have the the beer that's come out we have a, a yet another uh we have a rye whiskey i mean yeah it, it's all kinds of, uh, of of products that we've been bringing to market i mean and this it, this is the first time by the way that we have done something like have a graphic novel that is directly linked to an album 
Uh, and the graphic novel is great. And people might not know this about Guar, but Guar <clears throat> really has a long history with comics. And when I first discovered Guar, uh, I wasn't in the band. I was a young guy uh, living in Richmond, Virginia. And, and the people, uh, the way that I knew who the band was, was uh, because I knew the comics that the members drew, right? Like they, they ran them in the local sort of punk fanzines and stuff like that. Being back in the world of comics is really cool. Um, and the comic was written uh, by us and our guys helped draw it. Um, so that's really cool. Uh, the, the documentary, I think, like I said, people are going to really like and, and lots and lots of touring. And that's pretty much, uh, that's pretty much it. Oh, well, how can I forget? We also have a sex toy coming out. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, and, and they are gigantic dildos. And actually, they range in size from about like, you know, the size of, you know, say a, like an actual Christmas Yule log to a, you know, to something that's, that's, that's way smaller. Um, but none of them look like they would really be pleasant to use, but. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm sure, I'm sure somebody will find a way. I'm sure someone will find a way. Definitely. Well, yeah, yeah. It's been interesting to, interesting to listen to the female fans talk about it. Like, you know, speculating whether or not they can actually work one of those things in there. Wow. It'll be it'll be a Christmas gift for everyone, I'm sure. <laughs> for the whole but, family. But, but just yeah, they call it, a, you know, they call them marital aids, but it looks like more like it would be a detriment to any marriage to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When yeah, once you go gold dildo, you can never go back. That's it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Once you try ballsack, you never go back. There it is. We got <laughs> it. Yay! That's right. But just to end on one question, I mean, you mentioned there, like those really early days, picking up comic books, seeing war, discovering the band. I mean, just kind of when you look back to that and, to, and now today, obviously you've been in and out of the band so many times as a bassist and now the vocalist and like the, the main man. Does it kind of feel like a real full circle moment to see how far your journey has come personally? It definitely does. I mean, there's no question about that. You know, and, and in the early days of the band, I mean, you know, when we were first starting out, I mean, there's so much possibility in front of us. And, and we really did fantasize about what it would be like if we had these big Coliseum shows and, uh, and we could bring in like all kinds of insane production, but do it with our aesthetic, you know, like uh, uh, it'd be like, like watching a hilarious science fiction show. Uh, you know, like a big, big musical. And, and we, you know, we got close. I mean, we did, I think part of the charm is Guar is that, of Guar is that we didn't let that lack of money stop us, right? We went out, out there and did a DIY version of what we wanted to see on stage. Um, so, you know, I, I, it wouldn't have been the same if we'd have blown up like that in a way. I mean, the, the things happen as they're meant to, I think, ultimately. But, uh, Yes, I mean, you know, these are people that I've known since I was 15 years old, for the most part. Uh, for the most part, they're people that I would want to be riding around and spending my days with anyway. 
so the band is uh, a group of friends that are dedicated to each other uh, and to this idea. Um, and the fact that we've been able to uh, not have it disappear off the face of the earth when the singer dies, right? Uh, when the guitar player dies, uh, that's, that's a good feeling. Um, you know, and there's some of that in the, in the uh, documentary that people will, uh, people can get a sense of, of Guar. I mean, one thing that, you know, we always used to worry about going to Europe that like maybe Guar was too American and it had too many, uh, there was too much, uh, sort of references that people might not get, you know, other than the British. I mean, we knew the British would be fine with it because you people have always been savages, as we said. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, just the worst of the worst here. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, we were worried, you know, how, how's this going to go down in France and, and Spain and Italy and, uh, you know, and, and not to mention other places in the world. Um, and we've been really surprised that, you know, People universally, they find something, uh, something to grab on to uh, in what we do. And, and those fears really uh, were not, you know, they, they never, it never came to pass that way. I was going to say something more profound and I managed to talk myself into a circle and <laughs> forgot what the fuck it was. But, you know, suffice to say that, uh, uh, we, we, like I said, we, we, we used to worry about how it would translate. Now it really does seem like, like it, like it works. And, and, and well, for one thing, I think in some ways, the American way of life has spread across the world to the point that people have, have points of reference, um, which is probably not necessarily a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to do this, being so open and just showing us so many behind the scene elements of the band. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the documentary coming out and everything that's coming next. All right. Thanks so much, fellas. Sapnin! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Woo. Yes, that was Bluthar the Berserker <laughs> from Go. Do you know what? When we started this, I genuinely, if you've listened to all the episodes, you've heard me say this before, but I expect us to probably get about six weeks in, spoken to all the friends I could get to who could reply to me, who have not, who, uh, who still talk to me despite me not being in the blackout. Right. Yeah. Um, and I thought we'd run out of shows. I never thought in a million years we'd have a member of Gore on the podcast. <laughs> what a fucking time to be alive. What an insight into a fucking absolutely mental, mental band. Yeah, they're literally, they are one of a kind. Some of these conversations we get to have are out of this world, but they are literally uh, out of this world. So uh, it's all come together. Uh, it's Halloween week. And what a way to celebrate. And of course, the love for Gwar is everywhere at the moment with the release of their new documentary, This Is Gwar. You can stream it and watch it now. It is a Shudder exclusive on their streaming platform. But if you're in the UK, I believe you can watch it via a special package on either Apple TV or Amazon Prime. So go and check that out. Their new album, The Dark Ages, is available now. They've just released a music video for the track of The Cutter that features Lizzie Hale of Hailstorm. And uh, if you want to check out their tour dates, head over to gwar.net. Hopefully they'll come to the UK sometime soon and we can go and be memorized, shocked, and stay away from the fun because I don't want to be covered in whatever they're going to throw at the crowd that night. Oh, I do. I do. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to go see Gore, wear a waterproof hazmat suit, for the love of God, because otherwise you're going to get blood, semen, and... um fake urine on you um i can't do you know what i can't guarantee that it's fake i don't know i just genuinely don't know and to some listeners of this podcast that's a great night out <laughs> some <laughs> listeners of this podcast that's a treat oh, anyway we've gone uh, we've gone too far with this but yes this is our halloween special also this halloween so this comes out on friday sunday the 30th of october my band raiders is playing in la pub as support to the Nightmares, who have recently signed to Equal Vision and have, a, and have their new single being released. And then Monday, actually Halloween, my band Raiders is playing in Manchester at a place called The Bread Shed, um, supporting Haggard Cat, who are fucking brilliant. Um, also playing a downcast. There's a band called Big Drink, whose name I don't get along with. They might be awesome, but I can't get along with the band name because I am only allowed to like one silly band name. So I've dedicated <laughs> that to Limp Bizkit. Um, every other silly band. Uh, I'm sorry, that's your fault now. Um, but yeah, also DJing um, is myself, the Deadbolt DJs, and the rest of Creeper. So if you'd like to come and see uh, that show and then dance along to fucking Will Gould's lovely melodic tunes, come along October 30th, October 31st, Newport La Pub on the 30th, Breadshed Manchester 31st. Let's have a good time. 
please come along. I would love to see you there. Ah, oh, nice way to spend spooky season in its prime. Are you going to dress up or anything? No, I might fuck. Yeah, I didn't think you would. Just thought maybe. I considered it. For the, for the Nightmares gig, I considered, because the Nightmares are a very, like, gothy band, I was considering dressing up like um, Morrissey or somebody like that and then have, like, a back pocket full of flowers um, <laughs> and stuff like that. And, yeah, right, I'm, already okay. getting, I'm already getting my goth material ready to make oh. fun of, uh, of the crowd. But, yeah, it's going to be a great night. I can't wait. It's going to be a, a right laugh, and we are celebrating the nightmares because they fucking fully deserve it. They're a lovely bunch of people. And uh, one of them is also a member of our Patreon. He is Adam, the King of the Goss, Parslo. We love him very, very much. Uh, part of a wonderful Patreon community who we spoke to this week during a giant meetup Zoom party call. That was a lot of fun. If you want to get involved with our Patreon community and help us continue to make this podcast each and every week, please do, because it's the best on, way man. to support us. We're back in at this point. Man. I'm starving, yeah. I'm starving. <laughs> no, I'm not starving. Don't waste money on Halloween candy or sweets <laughs> yeah. or whatever you're from. Yourself. Give it to us instead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give it to us. <laughs> <laughs> That's patreon.com forward slash sapmin. If you head to the description of this episode, there's loads of names there that we thank. But of course, Sean's going to give a mahoosive shout out to the elite members of our Sapnin podcast Patreon community. Yes, thank you very much to everybody who's ever been part of our Patreon. If you're thinking of joining, fucking do it, man. Come on. Thank you very much. Kylie Wheeler, Mayumi Liwaway, Paul Hirschfield, Tony still top of the league, Michael. Dilly Grimwood, Kelly Irwin, Natasha Morris, Mitch Perry, Nathan Croshaw, Emma Barber, Sammy G, Kat Besson, Dana Lasnava, Scott Jones, Jenny Robson, Muddy Grimwood, Amy Dawson, Amy Louise, Stuart McNaught, Tom Owen, Stephen Aston, M. Evans Roberts, Caroline Robertson, Kate Patrick, Louis Cook, Martina McManus, Carl Pendlebury, Danny Eaton, James McNaught, Craig officially announcing Mini-Me due mid-April next year, Harris. Do you know what's fucking mad with this Patreon, right? Mm -hmm. We had people who were at the When We Were Young Festival from mm. all corners of the world <laughs> meeting up. It's fucking... We had Craig here, Craig Harris here, who's from fucking up, up north, right? The north of north. England. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He met up with some Americans. He met up with Janelle and Kelly Irwin from Australia. It's fucking mad. This podcast... <laughs> me and you, the Beavis and Butthead of fucking... Of South po Wales, right? Of podcasting. I've, yeah. I've somehow <laughs> managed to fucking bring people together. It's mad. It's fucking mad. From across, thousands of miles apart, they are now... Anyway, Kelly Cannon, Jenny Munster, Emily Perry, John and Emma, Jason Aredia, Gary White, Kalila Keane, Adam King of the Goss Parslow, Ollie, something similar to other dumb shit I put your names, mate. That's fair enough. Josh, someone just called my phone, sneezed, and then hung up. I'm getting sick and tired of these cold calls, crisp. Uh, thank you very much. Alice Wood, Katrina Robertson, Reese Bowring, Kate Stevenson, Connor Lewins, Kyle, making t-shirt, making songs, and fighting around the world, David Smith, who wrote this week's theme. You're about to hear on the outro as well, I think, maybe. Are we? Maybe I can put it in again, yeah, why not? Uh, yeah, fucking put it in again, yeah. <laughs> Check it out. Thank you very much, Kyle David Smith. Everybody who's joined our Patreon. Everybody who's thought about it, get a fucking move on, for the love of God. And, uh, yes, thank you to everybody who's listened to this. We really, really appreciate you.
Yes, we always do. This podcast, it blows our mind each, it blows our mind all the time of all the things we get to do and the fact that people meet in across the world going to gigs, festivals and stuff just because they listen to us talk absolute bollocks with their favorite bands. But of course, we'll be back next week and every Friday with a very special guest. And episode 206 is one of our favorite bands ever. So make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to these podcasts to get your notifications. Uh, check out our Patreon. And we'll see you next week. Yes, yes, we bloody will. Yep, next week's is a good one. We've got to do a live in a flesh as well. Anyway. Uh, Sapnin'! Sapnin'! Tidy Darts. <laughs> You're listening to Sapnin Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't I don't know what else you do with podcasts. Um, thank you very much.